If you brought your Bible with you, go with me today to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. We've been in this series of messages, and we want to bring this opening scripture back to your attention today. This series is called Contrast, talking about how we are different from the way we used to be. And if you're a believer, if you're a saved person, how you're different from the world. And if you're not yet in the family of God, if you've not been saved, I want you to see how it can be. I want you to see God's, God's ways, God's standard. And the scripture says here, Philippians 2.14, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine, everybody say, I shine, as lights in the world. So the moment you and I got saved, if you've been born again, you, you know, you stepped into a spotlight. Now you're being watched. Now you're being, you're identified. You tell people, hey, I'm a believer. I have a relationship with God. I'm a Christian, whatever language you want to use. But you are now in the spotlight and individuals are watching you. And, you know, quite honestly, that's a good thing as long as we're walking with God and doing things the way they're supposed to be done. But God wants you to be seen. We're supposed to stand out. We're supposed to stick out, so to speak, as a better way of life, a better way of living. We have these, these great benefits to our lives that are supposed to be looked upon and desired by those who are outside of the family of God. And so we're not trying to hide it. We're not trying to, to keep it a secret. We're trying to magnify it. And let, 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 let's shine the light on it. Let's pay attention to it and let God use us, not just by what we say, but by how we live our lives, how we conduct ourselves, and even the things that come upon us by His grace. Some of the things we've already discussed, of course, are uh, uh, we talked about the presence of God being on a believer's life that separates you and distinguishes you from those who don't have it. We talked about the blessing of God, the blessing of God, which is on every person in Christ. We've shared with you a few weeks ago about the love of God. How the love of God in us for one another makes us desirable to, to be a part of. And, and how Jesus said, all will, will know that you are my disciples because of how you treat each other. Because of your love for one another. And uh, again, I think the evidence of our lives should go much beyond words. Now, we are supposed to say stuff. We are supposed to tell people. Supposed to use our words. But the evidence should be much beyond just an explanation, just a proclamation. It should be radiating from our lives, from our conduct, from the very presence of God and some of the things we already mentioned. It should just be coming out from us. So we're looking to magnify that, see how we can increase it, see how we can manifest that more and more and more. One of the other elements and attributes of God in how He thinks, how He how he treats us, how he runs his kingdom, is this principle that I want to sh share with you about today, and that is excellence, okay? God is an excellent God, amen. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, the NET Bible reads this way, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith excellence. Do everything you need to do, everything in your power, make sure you add to your faith, faith is the foundation, add excellence to it. Why would we do that? Well, because that's the way God is. And as you'll see as, as, as we go along here. To be excellent means, the Greek word means to hold oneself above. 
All right? So we're not, we're not trying to magnify, oh, we're just so lowly and unworthy and, and, and not, you know, have no value. No, 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 that's not the way God sees us. Okay? We humble ourselves, but no, we're not seeing ourselves as nothing warm of the dust. No, uh, we are to add excellence. And it's, it's, a, it's a matter of holding oneself above. It means to excel. It, it has to do with being better or higher, superior, and thinking of ourselves that way and then conducting ourselves in, in that light um, allows us to do things like God, like, like the Father, because He is this way. There's something about Him that is just not mediocre. God doesn't cut corners, okay? He doesn't do things halfway. Uh, he doesn't leave things unfinished, undone. Uh, Psalm 8 verse 9 reads, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. He has an excellent name, and he is a most excellent God. Praise the Lord. And uh, I, I want to look at a story uh, that took place years ago. It's recorded in 1 Kings chapter 10. 1 Kings chapter 10. And uh, I want to read this today from the Message Bible. So if you have that, want to follow along, or if you're on your you know, phone or device, you probably can pull up any translation you want. Uh, if not, we'll put, a, put that up on the screen for you. But it's the story of a woman uh, called the Queen of, of Sheba, Queen of Sheba. And she went to visit Solomon, and this was her experience, Solomon, king of Israel, okay? The queen of Sheba, verse, verse 1, chapter 10, the queen of Sheba heard about Solomon and his connection with the name of God. Now, that'd be important right there, wouldn't it? She heard about him and what? His connection with the name of God. Has anybody heard about you and your connection with the name of God? Uh, how come? She came to put his reputation to the test by asking tough questions. She made a grand and showy entrance into Jerusalem, camels loaded with spices, a huge amount of gold and precious gems. She came to Solomon and talked about the things that she cared about, emptying her heart to him. Solomon answered everything she put to him. Nothing stumped him. When the queen of Sheba experienced for herself Solomon's wisdom and saw with her own eyes the palace he had built, the meals that were served, the impressive array of court officials and sharply dressed waiters, the lavish crystal and the elaborate worship extravagant with whole burnt offerings at the steps leading up to the temple of God, it took her breath away. Think about that. What did it do? took her breath away. She said to the king, it's all true. Your reputation for accomplishment and wisdom that reached all the way to my country is confirmed. I wouldn't have believe it, believed it if I hadn't seen it for myself. They don't exaggerate. Such wisdom and elegance, far more than I could ever have imagined. Lucky are the men and women who work for you. Getting to be around you every day and hear your wise words firsthand. And blessed be God, your God, who took such a liking to you and made you king. And I think about her experience there and how she responded to the stuff happening in Solomon's life and under his influence. And it's something desirable. I think, can I conduct myself? 
can we conduct our, our church? Can we have these things in our lives to this degree that when others view from afar or come close and, and, and observe, observe what we're doing, that it takes their breath away? And then it's noted, of course, that you call on the name of God. It's noticed who you belong to and who you serve. And that interests me, okay? I want to do things in such a way that God is honored, that He's pleased, that He's glorified, not only with my effort, but with my attention and, and uh, to detail, with my, uh, with my treating things with the respect and honor that they deserve. I, I want that. I want others who, who, to come and, and see what we're doing here. I want others to see what's going on in your life, in your family, in your business, and for them to be taken back, say, wow, the way you do stuff, the way you handle your things, it's inspiring. What's, on, what's going on here? And then, of course, all the glory goes to God and all the attention is drawn to Him. But I was thinking about some of the things that the Queen of Sheba made mention of. She, 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 she spoke of, number one, the palace or the house He had built, the way He handled, the way He, uh, the way he kept His house. The way he kept things in order, the way he kept things in their proper place, the design, the building, whatever. I don't know what was all involved in it, but just seeing what he built, she was impressed. It was a part of taking her breath away. She mentioned, number two, the meals that were served. She looked at the food. She said, your food, look at your food. It's great. It's amazing. I mean, I know sometimes people might look over stuff like that and say, well, as long as it tastes good, it's fine. But she saw it. She saw it and said, I'm impressed with this. How, how, many, how many know what, uh, when a restaurant excels, they pay attention not only to what they're serving, but how it's prepared and then how it's even put on the plate. You know, and if it looks better this way than this way, then they'll do it. They'll take a, give attention to, you know, stacking things up and putting them on there. So when they set it before you, you go, Nice. I mean, you haven't even tasted it yet. You may smell it, but you look at it, you think, "Woo!" I, I remember we went to a place a while back, got a hamburger. And I, they brought out the, I mean, it was a hamburger, but it wasn't fast food. It was a sit-down place. And they brought the hamburger out, and it was like this tall. <laughs> Maybe I'm not telling it. It was like this tall. <laughs> it, it, it was really tall. I mean, no way you can wrap your mouth, mouth around it. You have to disassemble it just to eat it. But I tell you, I went. Oh, nice. Look at that. That was impressive. Um, but she was impressed with food. I mean, just little things like that. Uh, the third thing, she said, the impressive array of court officials, everyone on the team, everyone employed there, everyone who was, who was a part of that, she saw them and said, and look at your people. Wow. Look at those guys. Number, number four, the sharply dressed waiters. She looked at how the waiters were dressed, and it, it took her breath away. Look at their clothes. How, how many know, how many know being, being sloppy, even in your dress, can hurt you in life? I mean, the opposite of this can take away from the potential of what you can accomplish. People don't realize sometimes they miss out on opportunities. They miss promotions. They miss jobs. They miss, uh, you know, they miss others respecting them and so forth just because of how they, how they um, carry themselves and they don't pay attention to things and they're just, they're oftentimes just sloppy. 
You know, and some, some people would throw that out and say, God doesn't care about clothes. We're not talking about God. I mean, we are in the sense that He's excellent, you know, but I'm not talking about some kind of holy standard or, you know, you have to do this for, to be a good Christian. No, we're talking about wisdom. We're talking about excellence. And sometimes people don't give enough attention to some natural things, and, and they really lose out in life. And I don't know what God wears, but it's nice. You know, it's clean and it's pressed and <laughs> whatever. Uh, and we, we ought to give attention to these things because others are watching. Others are paying attention to this kind of stuff. And, and she noticed. It was part of taking her breath away. And watch, it's not like she was, a, you know, a person who was a beggarly person, didn't have anything, and she's coming to Solomon and he's rich. And wow, she was rich. She was the queen of Sheba, so it's, that's not the issue. It's not about just being impressed with someone's wealth. It's being impressed with how they, how they handle what they have. Amen. She mentioned number five, the lavish crystal, and number six, the elaborate worship. That's something we can, we can give attention to as well. How many think our worship ought to inspire those who see it? I mean, how's your worship going on? When you worship God, is it inspiring to others? Is it ho-hum? Is it, or does it take people's breath away? When we worship God together and come corporately, we, we lift up the name of Jesus. Do others say, wow, what is going on here? And they may not recognize the intangibles of God's presence, but there's something about the way we honor God that is inspiring to others. But she noticed the, their elaborate worship. I was thinking about some of the things that, that come into play when we endeavor to live a life of excellence and thinking about how, how God is and how, and how we should conduct ourselves. Because we're not, we're not establishing some new legalistic system and some set of rules to live by. I want to know my Father's heart. I want to know the way He is, His character and nature, how He carries Himself, and I want to emulate that because I know it's right and I know it works. And I was thinking, uh, people who have excellence, watch, there are people who, they are people who are on time. Excellent people who have a standard of excellence, they're not, they're not individuals that show up late to everything. Everybody okay? Aren't you glad God's not late? Don't you hate it when He rescues, rescues you a minute late? <laughs> uh, ouch, that already hurt. Uh, <laughs> He, he's always on time. You can read about in the scriptures how he, he recognizes the times and seasons, and Jesus came in the fullness of time. God does things exactly when they need to happen. And he's not a minute late. He's not five minutes late. He's not just getting around to it. Well, traffic. Well, you know, this issue. Well, I had this happen. Uh, our God is on time. And if you want to have good relationships, you want your friends to like you, if you want to advance in the business world, if you want to create opportunities for yourself, can I encourage you? Be on time. Don't be one of those late people. You know them, right? Yeah. Can you see them from where you're at? <laughs> but listen, I, I have some real deep advice for, for, for individuals who are constantly five minutes late, ten minutes late. I did the math on this. And uh, if you will leave five minutes early, you will stop being consistently five minutes late. 
It works for your job. It, it works for dinner engagements, for parties. Works for church. I did the. I pulled up the calculator. It works in every situation. <laughs> you could leave five minutes early. Just a thought, just a thought. I'm your friend. I'm not trying to impose anything on you. But if you want to be excellent, you might want to consider being on time all the time. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. So excellent people show up on time. Number two, uh, excellent people uh, pay attention to details. They pay attention to details. They're not ones to just cut corners and say, well, that's not important as long as we get the main thing. You know, non-excellent people, a lot of times use language like, oh, that's good enough. Huh? Good enough? No. Excellence doesn't, doesn't speak that way. They pay attention to details. I was thinking about companies that excel in our, in our world today. And one of the ones that stands out to me is the company Apple. Apple. Many of us have the devices. You know, phones and iPads and computers and watches and all the things that they make. And One of the things that they do well, one of the reasons they have been so successful and have like a gazillion dollars in the bank is because they give extreme attention to detail. I don't know if you've ever purchased any of their products. They have a little bit of my money. Uh, (laughs) But they do things in such a way that when you buy one of their products, um, you don't want to throw the box away because it's so cool. I mean, seriously, the box is cool. The bag that the box is in is cool. And you walk out thinking, that is a really cool bag. <laughs> and then the box and then the, you know, the little thing that the headphones are in and little things, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like every little detail speaks like cool, excellent. You like it. And, you know, I'm told from those in, who've studied their companies and had, well, statements they have made that they come up with a gazillion ideas and, you know, have all kinds of products and things in the works. And most of them, they never even, they never bring to the market. They kill them. And they end up coming out with a few things and want, you know, they're usually pretty good at it and pretty successful. But they pay attention to the details. And they are very, very successful. We could learn something from that. We could pay attention to these things, whether you're a business person, whether you're, you own something. Or with just how you conduct yourself in your life, it really does make a difference. Amen. Have, have you ever seen those, some of those TV shows uh, that uh, deal with hotels and restaurants like Hotel Impossible? Anyone familiar with those? And Restaurant Impossible? A while back we spent some time, we watched some of those uh, episodes. And one of the things that I noticed about, and what they were, is basically an expert would go into an area, to a restaurant, to a hotel that was struggling, that was failing, and they're going to go in there and try to turn it around for them, okay? And uh, one of the things that I noticed to be very, very consistent in all these failing businesses was dirt. Simply dirt. They'd go into hotels, and the nasty things they would find in the hotel rooms. It's like, yikes, and you wonder why people don't stay here and they go into restaurants and they go in the kitchen and oh makes you think twice about eating out <laughs> because the things growing in there uh, were just nasty and it, it, it seemed to be not and they dealt with other other aspects of their businesses and so forth that wasn't the only factor but it seemed to be consistent I think how many of us could really 
we could up our game just by being clean, but paying attention to little details like that in our, in our lives can really, really make a difference. You know, I think, if, I think if a Christian folds a piece of paper, they ought to fold it straight. Say, so, well, why would you say that? I just have a feeling that if God was folding paper, it would be straight. I, I don't know. Does that sound off the wall? Does that sound crazy? I just think if God's going to do something, He's going to make it straight. It's going to be clean. It's going to be taken care of. There's going to be detail about it. And if He's my Father and I'm born of Him, I ought to think that way. Hallelujah. I remember we had a, one of our college students one time told me they were taking this class uh, at Boise State. God rest their football team's soul. Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry about the game. Uh, anyway. Uh, going to school there, and, and she said the instructor, and it was a class on uh, typography, I think was the name of the class, and she said the instructor uh, brought out some material from a church to tell them how not to do it. Some publications and some things, it was church material, it said, don't do it like this, pass them around, look, I thought, ah, that's painful, <laughs> that's so sad that the church wouldn't have high standards and do things in a right way. How do we th see these things? How are we handling them? Excellence finishes what it starts. The excellent person doesn't have a gazillion projects undone, not completed. They start something, and if it's a worthy project, worthy of attention and time, they finish it. I don't think we're going to get up to heaven, and you know, half of heaven's still going to be under construction. Well, just didn't get around to that, got busy on this other project and kind of left that one unfinished. Excellence is generous with others. It's generous. It doesn't try to just do the bare minimum. Well, what, what, do, you, what do you need? Excellence thinks more like this. Hey, do you need 10 bucks? Here's 15. You know, hey, you, you, 100 bucks for this? Let me give you 120. You know, it's generous with others. Amy and I were buying a gift card for someone, and I, I was joking around with her. I said, let's get, let's get a gift card to, to Ruth's Chris uh, Steakhouse, 20 bucks. <laughs> let's get them 20 bucks. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was funny because that wouldn't be a blessing because you're going to go in there and, you know, have to spend 100 bucks out of your pocket at, at least. <laughs> that's not a blessing. That's not how... Uh, you know, that's not how generosity works, right? So we want to go, an excellent person goes over the top. They, they're generous with others. They basically live their lives in such a way that it inspires others to do better, okay? I get inspired by people who are doing well in a, in a certain area. And I look at them and I think, man, I can, I can do that better in my life. I, I want to be that person too. I want us to be that, that church. I want us to be those kinds of people where others look at us and say, Man, I can do better. I can do that too. I see I've been letting this drop and forgetting about this detail. But when I get around those people there, man, they, they sure have this excellence about them. It's, there's something godly about that. Are you with me? Does this make sense? I, I, I hope this is encouraging and inspiring you to come up and, and be like your father because uh, it's, what, it's a distinction that should be true in every believer's life. Okay? See, see we've been getting attention. I don't know if you realize this. Individuals are, are talking about what's going on here around the country. 
And it's been getting more. I think it's going to increase more and more. But people are talking about what's happening here. And, uh, and so they're watching. So I'm like mindful. I was like, man, we better do things right because people are copying us. And it's all to the glory of God. But even, even times when we have guest speakers come in, you know this, and they come in, and we have great services and good things happen, but they go around and continue their traveling ministry around the country and around the world, but they tell, are telling other people about our church. They're telling other people what's going on here. And so it's a great, you know, it's a great privilege for God to use us and, and to set us up as an example for others to follow. But at the same time, this, on me, this says, okay, let's do it right. Let's do it well to the best of our ability. Not, not that we're not going to make mistakes, and, and, and certainly we are, but we want to do things right. We want to do things at a standard to which Jesus is glorified in all that we do. Everything from, you know, small stuff, cleaning the carpet to stuff that's public, stuff that, I mean, we just want to do things in a way that glorifies God. Amen. Amen. I don't know if anyone finds themselves in, in life and in, in, you know, in career and stuff where, where other people seem to get promoted past you, where you seem to get looked over when there are opportunities for increase and promotion. If so, if that is the case, I would encourage you to look at these, these areas because you can set yourself above just by being like God in this area, by, by, by having excellence. Uh, it's said of Daniel. Remember Daniel? Daniel, guy who slept with the lions. In, in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3, it reads, Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. How did he set himself above? How did he set himself apart? Because of excellence in him. He just did things better he stood out from everyone else. And the king thought to setting him over the whole realm. This is what happens to people of excellence. How they conduct themselves, how they handle their responsibilities, how they handle their own possessions, is they stand out. And others say, we should put that person in charge of something. We should give them more authority. We should give them more money. We should give them more responsibility. Because whatever they have, whatever is in their control... They do the right thing with it. They do it at a level that, you know, basically increases value to our, to our company, to our community, to our, 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 our family. When they're in charge, when they have their hand in it, it's, you can be sure that it's going to get done. When other people do it, man, man, you never know. You never know if they're going to finish it. You never know if they're going to go halfway and then quit. You never know if they're going to cut corners and they're going to leave things undone. But when that person, when they handle it, we can be sure they're going to do a good job. Is that the kind of person you want to be? That's the kind of person I want to be. That's the kind of, that's the kind of church I want to be. I think that glorifies God when we, when we handle things that way. Amen. And so uh, when you have an excellent spirit, you most certainly will stand out. But think about it for a moment. Just bring it into practical application in your life. How do you handle your possessions? What do you do with your stuff? Um, uh, what about your work? What about your possessions like your car? Do you keep it clean and keep it running nice? And, and uh, you still got those McDonald's wrappers up on the dash, you know, and <laughs> dirt from last summer on the floor. You know, what's going on there? Are you taking care of your stuff? Are you excellent with your, with, with your possessions? Amen. Everybody Okay. You know, that bumper that you smashed in, you know, like a while ago, 
Is it still smashed? Yeah, well, it still drives fine. Okay, if that's your standard. Just, just thinking here. Amen. You know, how, how, do, you, how do you handle your, your clothing? Do you keep good care of stuff? Does it look the best that it can? And, uh, uh, you're, you know, if you work from a desk at work, is it constantly cluttered? Is it constantly piled up with stuff? Huh? I saw a lot of, like, guilty looks on there. Oh, <laughs> stay out of my desk. I can tell you from a, from a leadership standpoint, from an even employer standpoint, you know, when I see someone handle their personal stuff and it's messy and doesn't look like they have their mind wrapped around it and stuff's out of control and they can't find this and this is dirty and this is unkept and all this kind of stuff, I know that's how they will han- handle, the, handle the ministry if I bring them in. Because you're going to do at work what you do at home. Sorry. How do you handle your finances? Do you know where your money is? If someone asks you today where your finances stand, you go, well, I don't really know. Uh, the check didn't bounce. But people who don't have any, they don't, they don't, they don't pay attention to details like that. So how can they be entrusted with more? And I even had that word in the first service. And it's not my word originally, it's Jesus, but he brought it back to me for individuals. But if you'll be faithful with little, you can be faith, you'll be faithful with much. Someone say, well, I would do all this stuff. I would be more faithful, and I would have, uh, do stuff at a higher standard in my life if I had more money. And as soon as I do, and as soon as I get this pay raise, as soon as I get this increase, then I'm going to. And, and no, you're not. That's not how we work. That's not how we function. It's like the individual that says, well, I don't, you know, I don't tithe. I don't give my tithe to the Lord, but uh, I'm going to. As soon as I get this new promotion, as soon as I get this increase, as soon as I get this bill paid off, I'm going to start to tithe. I'll just tell you up front. Stop lying, because you're not going to. Everybody okay? Still like me? I'm still your friend for telling you that. And I'm your, more important, I'm your pastor, and I want to shoot you straight. But that's not how we, we function. We do what we, what we do with a lot, what we do with a little. Because we're operating out of our way of thinking and of our way of believing. And the way is to think like God and to believe like Him. Then we'll do with little what, we'll, what we think we'll do with much. And by the way, by the way, that's one of the best pathways too much, is to do the right thing right where you are. Not wait. Apple didn't wait until they were a billion, multi-billion dollar company before paying attention to details. You start when you're small. You start where you are, and it doesn't, and, and, and you're increased. And God increases that, by the way. His blessing is on that because you're giving important attention to the right things. Amen. Get that windshield fixed. I know you can still see out of it, but it's got cracks all over it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Are the people who work with you, let me say it this way. One of the things that, that Queen of Sheba mentioned, is she used it from the Message Bible there, she said, uh, let me find it. She said, use the word lucky. She said, yeah, lucky are the men and women who work for you, getting to be around you every day. Man, I think that's quite a compliment. So, uh, to have people on the outside and say, man, what a, what a privilege it is to be your friend. What is a privilege it is to work for you. 
privilege it is to, work, to be around your, your influence. Why? Because everything is done at such a high standard. That's the way, that's the context. You take care of your food and your, how they dress and all this kind of stuff. Man, it'd be a privilege to be around this all the time. What a joy to be around this all the time. And I think, again, I, I come back to our, our church and how we do things around here. That's what I aspire to. That's what I long to. And I think we're doing a pretty good job, but I, I, I just want to make sure we give attention. Let's pay attention to details. Let's do things in a way that they glorify God. I mean, I don't want to be the person that just walks past problems and walks past things that are done halfway and say, ah, that's good enough. It's fine. Huh? Amen, amen. Psalm 16, verse 3 reads, As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. They are. Who are? You are. I am. We are the excellent ones. It's part of your spiritual DNA now. Whether it's your personality or the way you grew up or the way you've always conducted yourself as a child of God, it's a part of your spiritual DNA to do things at a high level, do things with a, at a high standard, to do things better than the average person would do. And you do it all for the glory of God. The Queen of Sheba heard about Solomon and his connection with the name of God. And when we do things at a high level, with a high standard, it is going to be connected to our profession that we belong to Jesus. That He saved us and set us free and given us, has given us a new life. And all that comes back to reflect on Him. What if all of us thought that way? Would that be of benefit? I tell you, it would benefit us personally, but most importantly, it would benefit the kingdom of God and the message that is being proclaimed, not just in what we say, but through our lives and through our actions. We seek to stand out in this regard. Amen.